Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Ben Ayton, and Mike Duffy. Um, we'll be shortly joined by Katie, Katie Kirkley as well. Um, she's just finishing off her dinner and then she'll be joining on with us as well. And we are here to talk about Watford's 1-0 away victory at Rotherham United at the New York Stadium. Um, it was an exciting encounter yesterday. Um, so we're going to be dissecting that very shortly. Um, but someone who actually went there yesterday was my right-hand man, Mike. Um, firstly, how are you doing, Mike? And... Did you enjoy your trip yesterday to New York? Second time in a couple of months for you in New York, isn't it? <laughs> I know, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it was good, mate. I mean, uh, the football on show wasn't great, but look, it's three points and I'll never grumble at three points. I know a lot of people are making a bit of a meal out it um, on Twitter at the moment, but three points is three points. I got the train up. Um, since passing my driving test, I've just been driving to games because it's just easier to do, but... I got the train up um, and went to the game. And then it also very handily coincided with one of the missus mates that she works with. He was, he turned 30 and he was doing a night out in Sheffield. So I went over to Sheffield afterwards and went on a night out with him. So straight from uh, the New York Stadium, got in an Uber, back to the Airbnb, quick change, and then out in Sheffield. And it's... Uh, it made the day a little bit better, the fact that we'd won 1-0. Uh, and I must say as well, I, the chances of them listening to this is very slim because I don't know who they are. But I went for a curry in Sheffield at Akbar's. I went in there and there was two people in Watford tops sitting there in Sheffield. And I was like, that's brilliant. And then I went into a bar called Cavendish and there was a guy with a gilet on with a Watford badge. So I was like, I was, I, I was... In, in company of Watford fans throughout the evening, which was nice. But, uh, yeah, uh, all-round all good day. Done a match day vlog as well. So, if you haven't already, it's on our YouTube channel. Go and check it out, please. Uh, that'd be great. But, yeah, really, really good, mate. How are you? You all good? Hornets everywhere. Um, I'm, I'm glad to see you. You um, came across a few last night. Um, match day vlog is fantastic as well. So make sure you check that out as well. I was going to give it a, a little plug, but you've already done it there, Mike. And hands down, I think that's Mike's um, best one to date so far. So yeah, make sure you check it out. 
get in the comments, hit the like buttons as well, and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel for plenty more content that will be coming up very shortly. Um, but yeah, all good. Thank you, mate. Um, obviously, I didn't travel up to Yorkshire yesterday for the game. I, I, I stayed at home and watched it. Um, I was talking to you before I came on. Like, I struggled to watch the first half because my three-year-old just demands attention, which is normal from a, from a kid wanting attention from her parents. But when it comes to three o'clock on a Saturday, you kind of want them to quieten down, sit in the just play on something for 90 minutes um but no not the case in this household um but managed to watch the full second half upstairs so um like you said i didn't miss much in that first half and we're going to get stuck into that in a second uh just got a message from katie she is just coming so she will be joining us very shortly um make sure you're getting involved in the comments tonight everyone um or if you're re-watching back um the on youtube or listening back onto apple um or spotify make sure you get into the comments and let us know your ratings as well um really wanted to try and push that side of it this year um but yeah watford made four changes to the team that lost 4-2 to Norwich City on Tuesday night. I had the pleasure of going there Tuesday and uh, I guess it was only worthwhile for that Yasser Esprit goal, wasn't it? But um, yeah, four changes to that team. I, I guess he needed to freshen it up now. Um, so in came Sirielta, Pollock, Espria and Kiembi um, to the changes to that team. Mike, did you, you like the changes to that team? Um, obviously, Ryan Porteous came out um suspended for two games after 10 yellow cards. Jake Livermore was another one who came out, maybe freshening things up in that essence. Mateus Martins came out of the team as well. And also Geordie Chapadeski. Mm. Yeah, I, I think the changes that he made was probably the right game to make them. I know a lot of people did not like that team when it came out. And, you know, it was maybe a tad defensive considering we were coming up against bottom of the league who had only won three times all season. But I think if you're going to rest Jake, uh, the game like Rotherham, and I mean that with no disrespect, I really do like Rotherham. I, I I hope they stay up. They've obviously got a bit of a mountain to climb because I think they're 12 points or 13 points adrift now, bless them. But um, if you're going to do it, maybe the playing against bottom of the league is the best time to give Jake a rest because... He's getting on a bit now and he playing week in, week out and playing as many minutes. He's not going to be able to do it. Um, I actually don't think Sierra had that bad of a game yesterday, to be honest. I know he's a bit rash and um, playing in that sort of CDM role and you're sort of watching beyond your, your your hands a little bit when, when you're seeing him in that CDM role. But I think he did all right, to be fair. Um, Pollock coming in, not a problem with that. Porteous is a bit, a bit uh, scatty at times and I think... Obviously, with the suspension, and he wanted to rest Jake. That that was the obvious one to make. And I thought Pollock had a solid game as well, uh, and a, a good test for him. You know, Rotherham are a physical side, as we saw later on in that second half, and um, maybe sort of. And again, I, I really don't want to slag off Rotherham too much, but a bit of a bit more his standard, perhaps. I don't know if that's mm. been a bit disrespectful, but um, I, I thought he, he put a good account of account of himself in there. Espria, uh, need I say any more? He has to start as many games as possible. So I'm glad he come back in. And it was nice to see Kayembe come back in as well. You know, we, we've we've missed him. You've you've said a couple of times, Ben, recently on the pod, there's been a Kayembe-shaped hole missing from this Watford side. And uh, it was good to see that that hole sort of filled back in yesterday with, uh, with Kayembe's inclusion. So, yeah, I mean, 
like I say, perhaps a tad defensive going up against bottom of the league, but look, we need to make changes. The championship's relentless, as we know, but hopefully, mm. now we've got a week to rest, that it'll be a bit more, um, you know, a bit more attacking and a, a, a bit of a nicer-looking side come, come Saturday against Huddersfield. Yeah, it's nice that we've got a full week now without anything going on in a week um, and just get the boys on the training ground and Val can maybe work on a few different shapes, can maybe work on a pattern of play just to try and work on something a bit different because I imagine at the moment it's been coming in for a, a recovery session, maybe one training session, then travelling the day before a game, then you're playing again and then it's a circle again and it's it's just not been helped at all. And that's maybe why our form struggled a little bit. Uh, Katie, um, you, you've you finished your dinner, you're here. Um, we're still talking about the team news, luckily, so you've not missed much of a show. Um, what did you make of that start, um, starting line-up yesterday? Yeah, um, kind of just what um, Mike said. I thought it was quite a more defensive setup, um, which is why I was confused because I thought, oh, you know, you're playing bottom of the league, you might as well go for it. But Val said in his um, interviews, he said, you know, it was just about the win, and you know, we did defend well. I thought, you know, Spurs scored a great goal. So again, like Mike said, I think that just proves he has to start. And I think now that we have got this week to rest, I'll hope that. He's now going to be a bit more attacking in the next lineup um, because there's no excuse for saying well, we played on Tuesday. So I hope that um, we get to see a bit more attacking because I do think that's where we have most of the threat instead of just defending all game. No, definitely. Um, Val actually said that he made the changes to the team to deal with Rotherham's aerial threats. He, he couldn't really blame him for maybe bringing in the likes of Siri Alta and Matty Pollock, where they're, they're really good in the air and that's where we was going to stop Rotherham and dealt with it really well yesterday, I thought. Um, quick mention as well, it was actually Ismail Kone's 50th appearance for Watford yesterday. Um, he's sort of quickly wrapped up those appearances, hasn't he, Mike? And how have you... How would you assess his first 50 games for Watford? I think that first season, well, I say first season, last season when we first saw him, you know, you could tell that the talent was there, but maybe the application and, and the mentality wasn't there. I think Chris Wilder did an interview, or was it Slaven Bilic with Andrew French? And he sort of said that his, his attitude wasn't great and, you know, he was turning up late. And look, we've seen him miss his alarm this season and, and he got dropped and he was devastated about it. And there has been that sort of switch round in mentality from Kono, which has been good. But for me, maybe there's a little bit inconsistencies at times. Like you'll start him and he'll be the best player on the pitch and we'll be like, wow, we've got one hell of a player. And then other times you start him and you think he has to start. He starts and he's ju he just goes missing sometimes. I think mm -hmm. sometimes he can be better off the bench. But look, for me, he's still a young lad adapting to the league. I mean, I couldn't believe it, the fact that he's got 50 appearances already. It felt like only yesterday he joined. But he's only going to get stronger and stronger. And for me, this this kid this kid can go places. And he's clearly a very talented footballer and one that we're, uh, we're very lucky to watch. He is a joy to watch as he glides across that grass. And I love it when he just drops a shoulder and he loses his man. And there's a lot of urgency in his play and he's quick in possession as well. And it's exactly what we need to try and keep the tempo up. Um, Katie, what did you think of that first half yesterday? It was a bit of a, meh, a performance for us, didn't it, really? Um, we had a lot of the ball, but didn't really do too much with it. What did you make of it? Because obviously you went to the game yesterday and you was in the stands. 
Yeah, I thought that the first half was pretty boring. Um, nothing really to say for. I thought we were trying, but we didn't look like we were going to score. And I was thinking, oh, God, this is giving Rotherham are going to sneak one at the end or we'll just try and defend all game. And then they'll get a lucky goal, just like how we've been in loads of games like the Cardiff game. Um I did think we started slow, just really scrappy. The game was very relegation battle. Um, we didn't look on top at all. But, you know, like we've said, all it takes is sort of one chance. But I do think that we grew into the game a bit. Um, Rotherham did have some chances. And in the stats, I'm pretty sure Rotherham had quite a few shots, actually. Um, so they were, you know, they saw that game as probably a winnable game and they did go for it. Um, but we, you know, we stood our ground, we defended well. But like I said, the first half was really very scrappy, sort of both teams trying to go for it, but no one really making a huge effort. Yeah, you're right there. They did, uh, Rotherham did start off probably the stronger sides, didn't they? Pinned Watford back a little bit. Watford was maybe sussing them out a little bit. And then we grew into the game, had a bit of possession. Um, Mike, talked to me about Ryovic in that first half. Um, nothing really stuck to him and... Uh, Obviously, you and Katie was at the game, so you didn't actually hear about what Dean Holsworth was actually saying about him. He was not impressed. <laughs> I heard about that. Um, he, he couldn't really hold in um, what normally a co-commentator would have to try and avoid to say or keep to himself. So he, he just had no filter and he was basically saying that it was poor and bits and pieces. Um, there was one bit in that first half where Mileta Rajovic had the ball and laid it off to Yasser Espria. Um and then he got the ball back and maybe Yasser Espria should have maybe had a shot there and should have. maybe Ryovic could have got into a better position. But he just wasn't really at the races yesterday, Ryovic, was he? In second half as well, he played it straight to a Rotherham centre half instead of playing the ball through to maybe Tom Ince. It's not getting any better for Mileta Ryovic, is it? No, that sentence you've well, that question you've just asked me, and that sentence you've just said, getting deja vu, Ben. Because how many times have we said that on the pod? And that chance you're referring to, for me, Yasser has to shoot there. I don't know what he's trying to do. Like, yeah. fair enough, Ravic has found him in that space. But what too many times this season, I think we try and score the perfect goal, and it doesn't matter what level of football you're at, you have to test the keeper, and. Look, Victor Johansson is a very talented goalkeeper, someone that I'd love at Watford, and we've mentioned on this pod before. I've no doubt he will get a championship move um, next season. And But at the same time, sorry, they are bottom of the league, and I'm pretty sure they've conceded the most goals in the league. So have a chance. Have a pop at the keeper. Test the keeper. I, I, I saw our friends over at New York Talk, the, um, the Rotherham podcast, they put a tweet out and they said they put a tweet out earlier today saying, look, you've had 24 hours to sort of fester on it. What's your thoughts? And I was having a, a quick read through to see what they thought of the game. And one of the comments said, Victor Johansson, other than the goal, which he couldn't really do anything about, he had nothing to do. And it's right. And how many times is a goalkeeper going to come up against Watford this season and have such an easy day? Um but yeah, look, Ryovic for me, we were just chatting before before we come on air, Ben. I feel so sorry for him. I really want it to work out. He's got 10 mm. goals this season, but he's just so poor. And like I said to you, he might as well have been sat next to me at the game yesterday because he was no use on the pitch. And 
Like, the last couple of games, you know, if we're really clutching at straws, you could perhaps say that his, his hold-up play slash link-up play is getting a little bit better. And it's great to see. But yesterday, just offered nothing, genuinely offered nothing. But the worrying thing is, Ben, and you could open a whole different kind of worms here, but it's the recruitment. Bio's out injured for however long. I think they said two, three weeks. Um, Dennis isn't ready to start. And even when he is, Val seems a bit reluctant to play him through the middle. I know that's where he played against Leicester and got his goal. And even when he came on yesterday, he didn't. But we haven't got anyone else. Um, Adu Poku, if you looked at the kids, Adu Poku went out on loan to Kings Langley. Um Adi Amu's only just coming back from a long-term injury. And to be honest, was he ready for the EFL? Yes, he scored a, a goal on the uh, the GT Memorial Day and it was all very, very nice and whatnot. But was he really ready? Probably not. So we really do lack up front and it is worrying because the only reason he's getting minutes, Ben, is we've got no one else at the moment. So it, it does worry you, but I feel like Everyone has to be on their A game for Rajevic to score. I mean, look at the goal he scored against Norwich and he even almost fucked that up as well. You have to do all the hard work for him. And he literally, it's like me at five aside. Like, you do all the work for me, that's fine. I'm just going to tap it in on the line. Happy days. And some strikers make a living at that. But he has to do better. His all-round game. And look, I've just seen a comment coming now. I've not read it to full. Yeah, I'm going to read yeah, he's still new to the EFL, so I will cut in some slack there. But at the moment, he, you almost you almost feel like, you know, when you see his name on that team sheet, you're like, you just feel like you're starting with 10 men and you, you, there's no hope. So, um, yeah, it's, it's frustrating, Ben, to say the least. I know. And I, I, like you, I feel bad that we're having to talk about him all the time, but being a podcast, you need to talk about the the itching um, topics that are going on in the terraces. And obviously, Rivich is, is the main topic that what the fans are talking about because of his performances outside the penalty box. And it's been really evident lately that he's, he's not up to scratch, really. Um, like you say, the other players have to hard... Um, do the hard work for him basically I don't really see Rivich returning that favour for his teammates um, and yesterday Katie just looked too slow as well, the amount of times the ball got played through for him or the ball put in behind the defender, you think any other player, I think a 70 year old granddad would probably get on the end of that quicker than he's just it's so poor and all the tweets today from Rotherham fans as well saying They'll be embarrassed if they had a, like a striker playing up top for them because of how poor he was. It's just, it's not great, is it, Katie? Really? No, and I think like everyone is at, at first. I was like, okay, cut him some slack. Like, okay, maybe he isn't getting good service. Maybe he needs time to adapt. But it has been like what six, seven months, six months now since he's been playing, and he plays very regularly. That it's not to the point where oh. Maybe he's still adjusting. I feel like he's had enough time to prove himself. And yes, he can say, well, he's got this many goals. But most of those have been tap-ins where he's managed to get, you know, on the end of one. And I just think he has nothing else to offer. Like, he can't do anything else. If he was still working really hard and, like, you know, winning headers and putting in fouls and putting on pressure, I would say, you know what, he still does that, but he doesn't. 
He literally does nothing. And even at Rotherham yesterday, I was like quite close to the pitch. And I feel like, I don't know why, but at Rotherham, I felt really like close to the pitch. And like, you're quite high up, so you can see. And like, even when he's running, I, I genuinely think I would be faster than him if we had to like have a race. Like every time he runs to the ball, he looks like, he just looks like he's out of breath all the time. Like, I don't know if it's a fitness thing or, you know, he did play the full 90, but genuinely he was so slow when he was trying to like chase the ball and I'm thinking oh my god like you're a professional footballer I can probably run faster than this um I just think like there were so many moments where he's in a good position and he's he's calling for the ball and you know he is he is in the right position the players are reluctant to pass the ball to him because he loses it all the time he will literally be in a great position where it's like one-on-one the players won't pass to him because they know that he'll manage to mess it up and that is what he did so many times he'd just lose the ball or he'd lose the header like he's literally the tallest person on the pitch and he's losing every single header and you just think like like Mike said it's like playing with 10 men when he's on there because he genuinely adds nothing to the team he looked absolutely knackered as well at the end of the game yeah. yesterday I was knackered watching him um, yeah, but, look, all this heavy breathing. I'm thinking, oh my god. <laughs> I think him as well, bro. He's he's obviously. Like, I'm gonna have to try and stick up for him a little bit because I, I don't want this all as a, like a bashing for Miletarovic. But he's obviously came to a new league, which is a massive step up. He's just played two 90 minute games back to back, in and he's been on the bench before, really, hasn't he? He came on against Leicester after Bayer got injured, so he's he's played a lot of minutes in the last three games. So maybe a bit acceptable why he might be blowing a little bit, but then that's down to Val and his management team, really. They should maybe be conditioning him a bit better to make sure that he's ready for these games. Um, The only positive I'd maybe say from Ryanovic from yesterday's game is that he was good defensively from corners. I thought he got his head on a lot of balls. Yeah. Um, so, So I'd probably say that, but... The other area up the pitch where he should maybe be doing a little bit more or a lot more because he's been paid a lot of money to put balls in the back of a net. He, he didn't really do that yesterday. So that's just me trying to stand up for him a little bit just to show that we're not slating him off completely. But I am with Mike and Katie. He needs to offer so much more. And it's 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 not good enough for a championship striker. Ten goals, yes, that's fantastic. But for me, I want more from our striker. They have to be involved in link-up play. They've got to run the channels. You've got to win headers. He doesn't win headers when he's challenging. Okay, he can clear a ball from a corner, but that's about it. Um, lots of comments on this subject about Rojovic as well. So I'm just going to read through some of them. Lots of viewers tonight as well. So thank you, everyone, for watching. Make sure you hit those like buttons and subscribe buttons as well. Uh, Echo says, I accept Rojovic is still fairly new to the EFL. However, I would expect to see some improvement in his all-round play. There just isn't. Honestly, we need to move him on in the summer. Um Jess says Rivich is just shite unless he's in the six-yard box. And even then, he looks like he's trying to miss sometimes. Um, Philip Crouch says on Stats website, um, Rivich lost the ball 24 times in the game. Um, I Bedless says that's the problem. He has to come and try and win the ball back. He is not a midfielder and dribbling and winning the ball back is not his job. Scoring tap-ins is his job as he is a striker. 
I think yeah, lots, lots of comments so far, which we're absolutely loving. Mike, was you going to say something just then? Yeah, I, sorry to put in. I think sometimes I understand that. Look, how many strikers has there been in football where they make their bread? Their bread and butter is tap-ins. You, you hear about Fox in the box. You know, Igalo was like that to a certain extent. But I think this whole his office is the six-yard box, which is what I used to say. And he went through that purple patch of scoring a lot of goals in the six-yard box. I think that's all well and good, but he's not consistent with it. We've, we've seen so many times this season where the ball will land to him in, in an area where he scored before. And you're thinking, yeah, happy days, he's going to score, but he doesn't. I just feel like he's a confidence player as well. And I know that might sound quite obvious. A lot of footballers are, but I think... You know, he, he went through that purple patch earlier in the season where he got the bulk of his goals. And I think we're maybe starting to see um, what he's like sort of throughout because that purple patch isn't still happening. Uh, and I accept, you know, what, what this Ibedless chap is saying. Uh, or, or, or um, But, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's just frustrating. that The, the fact is we've, we've plucked someone out of the Danish league and... I think he was playing sort of semi-pro only a couple of years ago. And we've chucked him in and said, right, we want to build a team to get to the playoffs. You, who was playing semi-pro football however many years ago, you're going to lead the line for us and we want you to score all our goals. Just doesn't add up. So, yeah, that's all I was going to say. No, perfect. And what I will say as well is... Um, it it looks like his Val's given the boys a couple of days off because he updated his Instagram story earlier of him on a plane. Um, so it looks like they're maybe getting a few days off and that's probably what he needs as well. Like I said earlier, he's played three, pretty much 90 minutes in the last three games. So he, he does probably need a bit of a rest. Um, we'll move on to the second half now, though. And it was a moment of magic from Yasser Espria, Katie. Two screamers in two games from Yasser, um, this time collecting the three points for the Hornets. What a strike from him. Um, he was asked in the interview afterwards what happened, and he said, I just hit it. Um, that's what I like. <laughs> um, what, what did you make of Yasser yesterday? What did you make of a goal? What was the scenes in your way end like? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think that he's a great player and has been for us all season. I think he just adds that little bit of quality over someone like Martins, who is a bit inconsistent. He is always looking to attack. And sometimes, yeah, he will lose the ball and he's not always 100%. But when his little moments of magic work, they really work. And like we've seen in the last two games, he has scored like two really, really good goals. And I think that that just shows how he is. And even in his interview afterwards, he said... Um, Val's always telling him to look for the rebound off a yeah. free kick or a corner. And he said, like, that's what I always try and do. He's always looking around the edge of the box. Um, and I think that that is just someone, like you said, you just got to go for it, go for the goal. Not, not None of this trying to walk it in and be all fancy. Like, sometimes all you need is a bit of luck and a bit of a, and a massive hit. Like, and that's what he's managed to do. And I think... Um, his celebration after, there was loads of passion in that celebration as well, which was really nice. Um, and it did lift the spirits because the game was quite boring and it was probably one of like one of the most boring away games I've been to. Even that atmosphere wasn't was quite flat. And then that really lifted the spirits around every, everyone around me was was up on their feet. So that was really nice. Um, and I do think after that goal, even though we didn't score again. I felt like we were in a bit more control of the game and I feel like the spirits were lifted more from 
um, in the players as well. So I thought that it was really good. And it was, even though he hit it, I still feel like it was quite a team boosting goal. Like I do think it yeah. was good for everyone and everyone was really happy on the pitch that we, we'd we scored. So yeah, it was really, really good again. And it was a great goal. It was a great goal. And you say it gave a team a, a bit of a boost. Mike, I think for, for double substitutions, three minutes before gave a team a bit of a boost as well. It added a bit of urgency as well. And Tomins won the corner down in the far end where Yasser Spria ended up scoring off the back of it. But that that's the sign of... that has been bashed quite a bit lately for his substitutions. But that double substitution in particular helped out Watford massively, didn't it? Yeah, he did. And I must say a word on Tom Ince. I thought he did well yesterday. The bloke come on and you said to me before we come come on air, Ben, you said he had to he, he had to play like three positions in the space of what? He come on in what, the 60th minute or something like that? Might have been earlier, actually. But yeah. He's he, lucky he that Daniel Batman wasn't playing because he could have ended up in four positions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He... Um, yeah, he, he ended the game at left-back. And do you know what, though? He can pick a pass, Tom Inscan. And I know his legs aren't what they used to be, but he knows his league inside out. And, I mean, Rotherham fans, I don't know if there's any in here, but I'm sure that, you know, they'd, they'd probably say this if they were watching. He's got a tremendous record against Rotherham. I mean, feels like he's got a great record against every championship club, really. But I'm sure it's something like nine goal involvements in 10 games. Uh, which is just outstanding. I mean, that's obviously gone up now to 11. But, um, you know, he had a chance at sort of not long after coming on, which unfortunately went into uh, went into the, the, the stands. It probably wasn't far off hitting Katie, to be honest. Uh, Tom <laughs> but, um, oh, yeah, it actually hit that... the guy next to me. Oh, <laughs> the, um, <laughs> no, the substitution helped. The, the amount of time... No. <laughs> <laughs> the the amount of times you've like you've said on this pod, Ben, where we often discuss Val's subs either being really good and injecting a bit of energy into the team, or quite the opposite. And I think yesterday it helped us. So fair play to him for those substitutions. And yeah, I, I thought we got up the pitch more and we looked more energetic. So yeah, I was uh, I was pleased with those subs. I mean, I'd have brought Dennis on a lot sooner, obviously. Uh, and I was very surprised to see him come on for whoever. Mm. Did he come on for Ken? Or I can't remember who he came on for, but he, he didn't come on for Ryovic, is my point. Jamal um, Lewis, I think it was. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was Jamal, because mm. that's when Tom went to left back. Yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I was pleased with, with, with the substitutions. I, I, I thought they did. Um, yeah, they, they did what they needed to do. Going back to Yasser Espria quickly as well. Um, Jess says she just loves Yasser Espria. Um, I think he just gives Watford fans a lot of joy, doesn't he, Katie? He's an exciting player, bums off seats, unpredictable. You don't know what you're going to get with him. He's, he's just, um, I think it's just the, the, the perfect saying of enjoy him while you can because I don't think he'll be here in the summer, will he? Yeah, I do think he's someone who could really quickly get snatched up. Um I do think, like, obviously, I think he is a great player. I do think he has a few faults. Um, you know, sometimes he can be, like, super frustrating to watch. Um, so, oh, I don't know if that's me. Oh. Um, yeah, so sometimes he can be quite frustrating. I've found times where he just, you know, sometimes he'll lose the ball quite often because he's just not 
he's he's small, but he almost needs to be just that little bit stronger, I think, um, when he's trying to run past players. But then when it when he does do it, it's really good and he can get in some really good positions. And I do think sometimes you need those people who are just going to shoot and be selfish because most of the time they're probably going to go in with him um, instead of trying to slow it down and look for someone else. And I think that's what he does. He just He just goes for it. And I think that's a really good trait to have. But I do think he could get snatched up in the summer um, especially if we sort of stay where we are now. We're not going to go up. We're not going to go down. He'll want to obviously progress. And I do think if we get someone, if someone comes in with good money, I 100% think we should sell because we need that money. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, yeah, what I like about him so much is that he's um, he'll always buy a ticket. He's not afraid to shoot from distance and he's not afraid to work the goalkeeper. And I just wish more people in the team would do that because one shot on target the whole game, Watford against bottom of the league, Rotherham United is just not good enough in my eyes. Um, in fairness, yeah. Rotherham only had one shot on target as well, sir. Um, it weren't a particularly exciting game yesterday. Uh, Mike, um, question from Echoes, and I actually had this written down to ask anyway. So, great minds think alike, Echoes. Um, how much has Yasser added to his value this week alone? Uh, and my question to you would be, Mike and Katie, is what what valuation would you give Yasser Esprit at the moment, bearing in mind that we're probably going to look to cash in on him at the end of the season? So what would both of your valuations be for Yasser Esprit? Uh At this moment in time, yes, he's had a really good week, two great goals. I would say 20 to 25. We're not going to fetch, at the moment, we're not going to fetch what we did for Pedro. He's not on the level that Pedro is at the moment. You know, he has games sometimes he'll start them and we've said on the pod he'll, he'll go missing a couple of times maybe and sometimes he's better off the bench. Um, but look, he's a fantastic player. He, he We really have been lucky over the years, you know, um, as, as much as I hate him, Richarlison, we've seen him, um, you know, come through. He's playing at Tottenham now. Um, we've seen João Pedro and now add Yasser Espria to the list and hopefully... Um, Jorge Hurtado, although he's been recalled because of an injury which he's got in. But, um, yeah, he, um, I think he, he, he'll he fetch 20 to 25. Um, but it, it, it all depends how he ends the season. But, yeah, to for right now, here and now, 20 to 25 mil is, is what I'd say. Uh, for everyone watching live at the moment on YouTube as well, get in the comments as well. Let us know what your valuation of Yasser Espria would be as well. Uh, Katie, what would yours be? Yeah, I'd probably say around, hopefully, like 20. With him, I do think it, it makes me like annoyed how much we, how cheap we sold Pedro for because I yeah. can't believe. I mean, I'm glad that he went there because obviously he's now being able to flourish, and I do think you know 30 mil fares, but. I do wish we'd almost gone for more because I wouldn't say that I think Pedro and Espirito are kind of the same, but I would not say they are on the same level. Um, I do think I would, if you said, oh, now Pedro's gone for 30, you'd probably say Yasser, maybe like 15, I'd probably say, because I would say it's, you know, but he is still young and you never know. So yeah. I'd probably say anything that's like 
18 and above, I'd probably be saying, yeah, that's probably fair. But, you know, you never know. And we might he might want to stay here for longer and even build up more and more and more until the point where he can then stay here for a couple of seasons, you know, make his mark. And then you might have people showing even more interest with even more money. Um, it all just kind of depends on the player. I, ca- I can see him staying because, you know, there was that thing released in the summer saying that he wanted, you know, he didn't want to leave and he wants to stay. So it, I think it really depends on who comes in and what kind of club he goes to, because I really hope he goes somewhere not Brighton, but almost like Brighton, where he'll actually go and play because it it really is a shame when they go to these massive clubs and they just sit on the bench and then they do nothing. And I think that these people who are coming through our club want to play. They want to play all the time. You know, we've seen it with Dennis. All he wants to do is play. And he ended up going to Forest where he never played and he was sort of stuck in that rut. So I hope that he goes on and gets to play because that's what they want to do. I think it's got Brighton written all over it. <laughs> I think they've been looking at him before as well, so I wouldn't be surprised. Also, talks of Real Madrid looking at him before in the under-20s World Cup not so long ago for Colombia, so who knows? Um, it won't be long until one of our ex-Hornets represents Real Madrid, um, whether that's Richarlison or Jal Pedro or Yasser Espria. Um, but my valuation, I think, before... The Norwich and Rotherham game, I, I would have said maybe between 15 and 20 million. I do think he's probably added an extra 5 million onto his valuation just purely from this week, um, showing how much of a uh, big player he is for the team. So I think anything now, maybe between 20 and 25 million. Um, I hope it's, I, I don't want to see him go for anything less than 20, but that's going to be a massive ask for a championship side to put a 20 million pound price tag onto a player. Um, so yeah, we'll have to wait and see on this one. Um, moving on to maybe another player who's, who's done very well yesterday. Um, nowhere near a 20 million pound valuation though is, um, Matty Pollock, Mike, I thought he was absolutely outstanding yesterday. He was probably my man of the match. Um, I thought it was a perfect game for him to come in on. Okay, Ryan Porteous made that decision a lot easier for for Val yesterday, but I thought he did everything you could ask of him yesterday. I thought he was outstanding from the moment he entered the pitch to the moment he left the pitch. What did you make of Matty Pollock yesterday? Yeah, no, I agree. I think he did very well and Look, it wasn't long ago we heard he, he put in a transfer request and then, you know, Vowles obviously spoke to him and he had his opportunity coming against Southampton in the Cup, did really, really well. Then played on the Wednesday night against Sheffield Wednesday, did very, very well, helped us get our first clean sheet in however long it was, funnily enough, our first clean sheet since Rotherham. Um, coming again yesterday and again got us a, a clean sheet. And he's he's one of these players where, unfortunately for him, whether he likes it or not, he's not going to be one of the first names on the team sheet. So any chance he can get, he, he's really grabbing it at the moment. Mm. And fair play to him. We've seen him flourish at Cheltenham. He won Young Player of the Season at Cheltenham. We've seen him flourish. Aberdeen loved him. When we put that tweet out to say he's handed a transfer request in, that was one of our most interacted tweets and it was full of Scottish football fans. Like Aberdeen, got to make sure we pay what, what we can to get in. Um, look, just football, Scottish football fans in general saying we, we need to go in for him. Uh, I think Barnsley were on about going in for him as well. Um, so, yeah, look, 
he's uh, he's doing what he can to when he does get the chance. He's really taking it, and fair play to him. I I, I love nothing more than signing a young lad from a lower league team and helping him flourish and get through. Watford used to be that all the time, whether it was someone coming through our academy or whether we'd sign someone from, well, look at Danny Graham. He was at Carlisle. Um, I, granted, we didn't directly sign him from Carlisle, but you, you, you used to seeing Watford sort of go to these lower league teams and paying a, a smaller fee for a player and developing them. And Pollock's no different, you know. He was he was very highly rated at Grimsby, and he's come in, and it's not quite worked out. And at the moment, any chance he's getting, he's taking it. And fair play to him, and I'm buzzing for him. And for me, he uh, he gets that starting place on uh, on Saturday against Huddersfield. What I like about him as well is his never die attitude. He could have easily thrown in his towel and and wanted to leave in January, but he said he wanted to stay at Watford and he, he wanted to knuckle down and get minutes. And it just shows that hard work does pay off, and he's he's getting the rewards for it now. So I'm over the moon for him. He seems like a decent guy behind the scenes as well. And he, I'm just yeah, like you, I'm really pleased for him. Um, I think he did really well yesterday. I'm going to read off some stats now from Matty Pollock's um, performance yesterday. Obviously, played 90 minutes. He made 12 clearances. Had a he made two blocks, one interception, one tackle. But for one that stands out for me the most is aerial duels. Out of 14 aerial duels, he won 10. Um, so very dom- dominating in the year yesterday. And it, I thought his partnership with Wesley Hoot was very good and that they mirrored each other very well. Uh, Katie, what did you make of Matty Pollock yesterday? Yeah, I thought he was really good. And I think in all the other games that he's played, I thought he was excellent as well. I do think when he had that... Um, bad game I can't remember who it was against where he was like the first game he played um and he was like not very good and I feel like that one game has sort of painted his image in Watford and everyone was kind of like yeah we don't want him he was rubbish and I think I don't remember if this was maybe an interview but I feel like didn't he like say something about how that night's like Oh, maybe it wasn't him, but he like said, oh, he really wants to prove everyone wrong, that he doesn't, that he's better than that and stuff. And I thought that that was really nice. And like you said, I do think it's, you know, the attitude, he could have just gone, actually, yeah, I've messed up here. Like, I'll just go find another club. Like, and, you know, but he's he's stayed here for, I don't know how many how many years he's been here now? Two, three? About two, three, yeah. Yeah. And he's still here and he still is saying, I want to play. I want to play in the first team. Like, that's a lot of commitment to be here for that long and still want to, um, you know, play. And he's finally getting his chance. And I do think he is right. A lot of, um, he is, you know, showing us what he's all about. And I do think those loans could have helped build a confidence. Like you said, the fans at his other loans really, really liked him. And I do think we're seeing what they saw and and I and I'm really happy for him I think he's really passionate about the club he's always first to jump on social media and be like oh what a win and you know it was a clean sheet for them as well yesterday so I think he's he's been really really good and I do think he fills me with a lot more confidence than Porteous does sometimes because Pollock's just more composed and I think that partnership with Hoot is really really good so I would I would happily let him start on Saturday and for the foreseeable Matty Pollock's like an old school defender as well. No nonsense as well. If a ball comes to him, he doesn't care. He's gonna he's gonna boot that into the stands because that's his first job, isn't it? Is to defend. 
Um, so that's what I like about him. Uh, it's the no nonsense of him. Um, a couple of tweets we had in yesterday about Matty Pollock as well. Ben Matthew says Pollock is far, far better than Clementi um, Porteous. Um, Pete Jones says top performance in a shitty team performance from Matty Pollock. Uh, Jess Pollock, uh, Jess Pollock, sorry. Jess Jones <laughs> says Pollock was dog spot uh, Pollock. Um, but yeah, really, really impressive him yesterday. Um, move on to our next subject and probably our last subject before we wrap it all up. Um, Echoes says Val gets a lot of stick. However, it's the first Watford manager in years who's improving players. Espria, Kiembi, Kone, Andrews, and to an extent, Hamer have all benefited from his coaching. Um, wanted to read that out quickly before talking about the next subject, whereas in Val. Um, I, I don't get Watford fans sometimes, especially after a victory where they call out managers and wanting them to be sacked off the back of a, a, a victory. Yes, it wasn't pretty yesterday, but like Mike said at the start of the podcast, a win's a win. And I think it was all about finding the three points yesterday. I think three points was more important than the performance. You can build on that. Um, and for Watford fans to come out saying, I want Val to be sacked is absolutely ridiculous. And I, I I think you just need to take a step back and not be so jumpy in your your um, comments. Um, I, I just don't think it's helpful. And I think Watford fans can be very reactionary on performances after the last couple of seasons. And we don't help the matters with the managerial merry-go-round that goes on at Watford Football Club. Let's not feed... Um, fire to to um, feed. Oh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Let's not add any speculations or anything to the wolves or fires. We we don't need to add that for Gino. Um, let's just get behind the manager and give him support because I I think we're easy to go. Oh, it's been poor lately. Sap the manager. We need to get out of this. We need to snap out of it. We 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 all want a manager to stay for the rest of the season. And me personally, I think Val's doing a tremendous job. The, the size of the squad he's got, the culture that he's reset is second to none. How many managers have we had in the last five years where it's gone gone to shit? It hasn't with Val. Yes, we're mid-table in the championship, but we knew a lot of work was required this season. Val's not moaned once about it. He, he's just getting on with the job. And that's what I really like about him and what I respect about him. Mike, what do you think about Val at the moment? Are you one of these people that thinks Val needs to be sat? I don't think you are. Uh, but what, what's your thoughts behind the whole Val needs to be sat by some of the Watford um, fan base? Yeah, I, I think what you were trying to say was that it's not good to add fuel to the fire. And you're absolutely spot on with that, Ben. And we are quite a reactionary fan base. And look, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Us at the end of the day, we, us fans, pay our hard-earned money to travel up and down the country and watch the football. So if we think it's shit, we've got every right to say. And if we think that's down to the manager, the players, whoever, we are fully entitled to say that. However... I do think that what we've been after from our team for a long time, Val has installed that now. And in fact, Mark Schofield's just pretty much hit the nail on the head there. Val's got us playing as a team, not as 11 individuals. Um, and that's been the problem of Watford's 
for the last sort of three, four years, well, maybe not that far back, but certainly the last two or three seasons, we've had a team of individuals rather than a team of, well, rather than a, you know, team. Um, and I'm slowly starting to see that, that togetherness again from Watford. And I think the problem we had was we started the season so brilliantly, we absolutely battered QPR. And looking back on it, probably a bit fortuitous because QPR were awful. Gareth Ainsworth didn't last long at all. And, you know, probably started off on a bit of a false footing, to be honest. And then we had that run where we didn't win for a while and everyone was like, oh my God, they're going to sack him. And then we offered him a new contract, well, a, a contract extension. And then people were like, why are we offering him a contract extension? We've not won in however many games. Then we went on that bit of a purple patch where we only lost like four times in 20 games or something ridiculous like that. And that got us sort of knocking on the, the, the door very quietly to the playoffs. And now we're sort of, I think, in the middle of the road where we should be, where if you'd have said to a Watford fan, right, forget playoffs, you're not going down, middle of the road like it was last season in terms of positioning, but instead you're going to see a team working for each other. You're not going to see players that don't look like they give a shit. Basically everything we want, just the league mm -hmm. position will be middle of the table. We're on about rebuilds. Some people think we have, some people think we haven't. We've got a small squad now. And I think Val's doing a really good job with what he's got to work with. And this season for me is all about getting that team togetherness. Playoffs would be amazing. They're not going to happen. Whether you like it or not, whether you're the most optimist guy in the world, they're not going to happen. And for me, to finish my table with a team that look like they care and give every last bit they've got for that team, that is what I want. Because the last couple of seasons, I've not seen that. And it's bloody frustrating. I mean, I've not, I didn't go to many games last season or the season before, but those games I did go to, you know, you, the, the final whistle's going and they don't give a rat's ass. They're straight down the tunnel. They're like, right, you know, game's done. See you later. This team now, much, much better. I mean, you know, I've been very fortunate. I've done eight games this season. We've won seven of them and drawn one. So I've not seen us lose, but some of the performances have been shit, but we still get a result. And at the end of the day, Ben, I have said time and time again, in this league, it does not matter how you play sometimes. It's about getting that result. And the fact that we can win pretty and the fact that we can win ugly, for me, Valley's building something really good here. If we sacked him, we're back at the start. We're back at that merry-go-round, that craziness. And we might as well, you know, just set fire to to all the plans because it, it'd be pointless. So, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on, on the procedure. I'm very much valid. I think he's doing a great job. Yeah, we've still got loads of people watching tonight as well. So make sure you get your comments in about Val. Um, make sure you hit those like buttons and the subscribe buttons as well. Um, I, I also want to say... Val is going to get things wrong this season and he's probably got plenty of things wrong this season, but it's it's, it's okay to criticise the manager without wanting him to be sacked. Um, Katie, what do you make of Val this season? 
I think I was literally going to say exactly what you said. I do think <laughs> sometimes, no, no, it's fine. No, but I do think like, you know, managers will make mistakes. They will make dodgy subs. And you can say, why has he done that? Why has he done this? Do you think every club that's had a long-standing manager hasn't ever criticised them? Of course they have. And sometimes, like we've said, our fans are our worst enemies. And sometimes, because we are so used to this, okay, once there's a bad result, okay, if we go on a bad run, the manager's going to get sacked. I, I said this every single season that our fans are just as bad because they're always like looking for the new manager. Like, yeah, well, he's not, he's obviously lost three games, so that's it. But I also yeah. think the difference is we have a new set of players now who don't instantly drop their heads and think, oh, the manager's going to go now. I thought we had that last season where the players gave up because they knew as soon as there was like, you know, a dodgy five games, they knew all well, the manager's going to go. It doesn't really matter how I play now because someone new's coming in. The players now that we have don't have that attitude. They don't have, oh, well, it's, you know, you know, tomorrow there could be a new manager. We don't know. I mean, obviously we don't know the ins and outs of the club and the, what the players are thinking, but I do think he's got a bad attitude. He doesn't come crying in the interviews like, oh, well, you know, we go again. Da, da, da. Like he is yeah. clearly building something and I think our fans are really ungrateful. You know, we are not top of the league. We are not bottom of the league. We are mid-table and we are rebuilding. And I know everyone's like, well, we're not rebuilding because we haven't signed anyone. Rebuilds don't happen in one summer transfer window and one January transfer window. This takes time. It's a process. And if anything, you know, mid-table is good. For, For the squad that we have and the games we've had to play in February... I seriously think that we are doing well for what we've had and what we've had to go through. And that isn't Val's fault. That's not the player's fault. That's recruitment. If we don't see a good recruitment in the summer, then we can start and question it and being like, okay, well, you know, there's something bigger going on here. If we recruit well in the summer, then we could have a really good team of really good core players. And I don't think that that is anyone's... um, anyone's fault really like that is not Val's fault and I feel like he gets so much stick on Twitter and everywhere for what he's doing and he's literally doing such a good job with the players and the situations he's been put in if you're not backed in the transfer window by the owners realistically how can you expect to win games when you've got to play twice a week no I totally agree with you um this is a really good discussion as well regarding Val um enjoying this if you if I'm loving the comments as well for getting getting involved tonight. I'm just just going to read through them all now. Um, Jeff Jones, read says, echoes oh, out there, Ben. <laughs> pardon? Read echoes coming out there. <laughs> I'm going to get to echoes very shortly. Um, don't be disappointed. I'm getting there. Um, going in order because um, I'm a bit OCD like that. Um, Jeff Jones says, I, I like Val. Certainly don't want him to be sat, but I do think that he will be sat before the end of the season, which is interesting. Uh, I think Gina will make him a scapegoat for the lack of signings in the transfer window. Um, Echoes, I'm going to read your one out now. I think you might have had a typo uh, on this one. Um, people that understand football will appreciate the difficulty Val is working under. He's doing a great job with... <laughs> So I know what's coming. He's doing a great job, but not a lot. Um, I think it's for new fans or those with short memories who wank him out. I, I, I imagine you you mean want him out, Echoes. Um, but you have um, made Mark Schofield's evening because um, he wanted me to read that one out. So, yeah, um, 
yeah, <laughs> people with short memories basically want him out, and it's probably the younger generation. Um, Mark Schofield also says Bauer's got us playing as a team, not one, not not one individuals. Um, his substitutions are often spot on, and I like the fact he brings three on at sixty minutes than too late. And you do see that with Val. He is quite proactive with his substitutions, and he's not afraid to bring on two, three, four players at once. Um, overall, he has been very good, and just needs to make the Vic more of a fortress. And, and we know we need to do that at home because. I think we're the sixth best team away from home. If we transitioned at home form, we could be much better and higher up the table. Um, Mark Schofield also goes on to say, if we if we beat Huddersfield, Millwall and Swansea, no, in my opinion, we should beat Huddersfield, Millwall, Swansea. And if we do, we'll be right up there. And that's it. It only takes a few results, Mike, to get further up the table, isn't it? Absolutely. Me and Katie, I remember speaking on a podcast of- can't remember which one it was, but we sort of said we I think we'd lost or something, and we, we sort of said we've got three games in a week now, and depending on how, how those results go, we could be like up the other end of the table, and that's a championship for you. I mean, I know I just said about playoffs are gone, and I really do think they are. I think we're seven points adrift. Yeah. Those, those um those fixtures that Mark read out, who is it? Huddersfield, Swansea, and um, Millwall, all winnable games. Millwall, uh, all of a sudden, have been dragged right into it. Maybe I shouldn't have got rid of Gary Rowe early on in the season because it's gone to pot, hasn't it? It has. And, I mean, Huddersfield might have a bit of a new manager bounce. Uh, I was having a read-up on the guy they've brought in and he's got quite an impressive CV. And uh, they they do tend to to pick out a bit of a gem of a coach, Huddersfield do. So, it'll be interesting to see if they, uh, they, they stick with him if he goes through a bit of a rough patch. Millwall, that could be another one. They might get the itchy trigger finger and 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 pull the trigger on him. Joe Edwards, young manager, um, he's he's not doing well at all. They had a really poor result yesterday against Sheffield Wednesday, and Swansea, um, bit of a bit of a bogey team at home. I think our record against them at home hasn't been great. Obviously, won there earlier in the year, which was amazing. But yeah, look at, at the end of <laughs> at the end of the day. This is a championship. It's crazy, you know. You you win the, you win those three games alone, and you know you could shoot right up the table. But for me, middle of the road, a team that looks like a team again, fighting for the badge, giving it their all. I'll take that all day. And if that means that we we challenge for playoffs next season, so be it. But I just I'm enjoying watching Watford again, which which is a, a lot to be said considering. The shot we've had to put up with for the last couple of seasons. Yeah, that's been more enjoyable this season. We're going to wrap it up very shortly. Um, Echo says, "Note to self: I must put my glasses on when I'm typing." Um, you, you can, or you can um, make me laugh whilst I'm presenting and struggle to get my words out. I think everyone enjoys that as well. And then just finish on one last comment. We've just had a WhatsApp message from Joe saying, "I'll read everyone else's comments out, but not mine." But I was actually going to save it for the last one, Joe. So just think before you type. <laughs> um, it, Joe says, if there is one thing I'd say about Val, it's he needs to figure out what his starting 11 is. I still don't think he knows what his strongest 11 is, um, which is why he makes so many subs. 
um, each week. This would be cut down if he started to know um, his right side. Um, but this is what I love about football. It's all about opinions and everyone's everyone's opinions different and every opinion matters. Um, so, yeah, really appreciate all the comments tonight. We're really high in interactions. And this is what we want our podcast to be. We want you guys to get involved. So really enjoyed it tonight. Um, so thank you very much. Uh, been good discussion across the board and all subjects. So if you have liked this video, hit that like button and also hit that subscribe button. We'll be back midweek for a preview of the upcoming game with Huddersfield Town um, during the week. I think it's going to be held on possibly Tuesday or Wednesday, Mike. Uh, yeah, you mentioned that, and so I've not actually sorted anything. So, yeah, no, I'll, it might just be me and Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it it'll be out Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. All right, perfect. So yeah, keep your eyes out for that. We'll, we'll get something sorted for it. Um, and other than that, we'll be back next weekend for a review of a Huddersfield Town game. Um, so yeah, we'll see you all soon. So yeah, thank you everyone for watching tonight. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you soon. Come and you Orleans. Sports Social Podcast Network.